0: Hey guys, welcome to the Petty Dreadful After Show here on AfterBuzz TV, Season One, Episode Six. What death can join together? We're very excited today. I'm Bobby DeMiro here with Marissa Serafini as always, and we are excited to have Roxy Stryer back in the fold. I'm really she's sorry, here. I
1: missed she's it out
2: She's
0: she's here, she's alive, and she's spectacular. But I'm
2: teamless. I am teamless yeah, you without are. Tiana. Because you know what? Team Bobby Marissa. Still Team raining. Bobby Marissa guys, wins again. I have to say, you guys kicked our butts. Yep. Tiana, really? man.
0: <laughs> really, it was an attendance issue. But you're back now. <laughs> and Sarah Stretton, our fourth co-host, is doing Game of Thrones as we speak. She is going to, I believe, come in with us in the middle of the show today, so we'll see her in a minute, so we'll say hi to her when she comes in, but we got a lot to talk about before that. First thing, before we get into the show today, guys, we've got a ton of Penny penny Dreadful stuff, but I do want to talk about Maria's book. We've been talking about this a lot the last few weeks. She is our boss, of course, founded ABTV, and if you want to support us, you can support her. Her new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness is in stores right now, came out on June 3rd. She has been in New York plugging that thing, and I always say it, but guys, the AfterBuzz TV pool party is like four weeks away. I know. So if you're looking to lose weight, get fit, whatever it is, look at her abs on this cover. If you're looking for that...
2: It's crazy. Honestly, her abs make me want to kind of like First, stop eating, and second, jump off of a bridge. But then I read her book, and I'm like, no, I don't have to do either of those things. They have really good tips in there. And just a shout out to our engineer Stephen Lemieux for taking some of the pictures in that book. They're really amazing, and he did an incredible job.
0: Quite a photographer, from what I understand. Uh, and I will say, Marissa, I'm sorry you had to watch that whole uh, Penny Dreadful starting. <laughs> I'm if you still guys, alive. If you guys watch Penny Dreadful, you see the opening credits with the spiders and stuff like that. Marissa has been struggling <laughs> through this while we're talking.
2: I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm yeah. proud of you. You did okay.
0: Just don't. Just I'm don't. Here. Make sure there's no spiders. In the studio, well,
2: that okay, would guys. Be cool.
0: <laughs> let's get into it today on what death can join together. We have a lot to talk about because there are a lot of storylines today, very different from last week's episode, which was all Vanessa all the time. That was not the case today, although she will factor in, and we will get to her in a minute. But let's start with one of the simpler storylines. Though it was shocking, is this whole Caliban, Victor Frankenstein, Van Helsing. Trio. And let's start with Caliban because we've seen a lot of him in some episodes and very little of him in other episodes. And we learn a little bit about him today before what happens with Victor and uh, Van Helsing. We learn about him and Maud. Which, I don't mean to be mean, first off, but I could never fall in love with a girl named
2: Maude. Um,
0: I'm just going to be honest.
2: Well, I think it's kind of cute. Back
3: then, in that time, I'm sure a lot of women were named
2: Maude.
0: That's that's the problem.
2: No, you know when you associate a name with a person, I know a girl named Maude who's like a 10. So, I, I think Maude's a pretty sexy name. That's
0: weird. I could only right. fall in love with girls named Roxy. I don't know what it is.
2: <laughs> I'll take it.
0: <laughs> Whatever it is, though, he's fallen in love with Maude. Mm-hmm. He wants to make her... His wife. We will see if that comes to fruition down the road. We don't know that yet, but she says something. (laughs) Save it for predictions. She says something interesting to him when she goes down under into the pit of the theater and tells him the story about her brother who had Lucifer, Lucifer who had the shipyard incident, and looked away, much like Caliban because he was self-conscious about his face, and it makes Caliban weep, which is good because we're humanizing him, we're making a sympathetic character. At this point, we love Caliban, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I like I liked how she told this story about her brother because it relates Caliban to another human being because he can't really relate himself to any people like anyone, like no humanity whatsoever, and then to finally know that someone is kind of like him in a way which
2: really makes him more emotional and more attached. It's just unfortunate because he obviously Maud is showing him kindness. And that is something that human beings should be able to show to one another without there being a sexual implication there. Uh, there was nothing that she did to me that came across as flirtation. And she's going to be made to look like the bad guy in the situation because of what she then does with her boyfriend, you know. Uh, so I, I feel bad. I, I do feel bad. But she, it was harmless what she was saying and she was trying to make him feel better which is uh, it was unfortunate the way she was
0: she was friend zoning him is what you're saying
2: no she wasn't even friend zoning him she was just noticing that he was looking away and she was trying to help him she she wasn't any zoning him she was just speaking to him which doesn't happen often you know people people don't really speaks to him and and she says you know my name we work together we're family right you know yeah i don't think she was trying to put him in any zone i just think she was trying to show kindness
0: And that kindness gets repaid to her, nothing that he's done to her, at least so far, but witnessing her. Although, let me—I will say this. He did do something to her. Not only did he give her the book, give her the the Lucifer Mm -hmm. thing, the storyline to to get her up to speed, which is very sweet— He's creepily staring at her from behind the wall, which right. is which is a violation. Let's be honest.
3: Does but, he know that though? I, I th- really think
0: he does. But I really actually, think he does being
3: being that peeping tom that actually rings true with the the story of Frankenstein? Because when the Frankenstein creature got attached to this family, he would look through a a Hole through the wall, and he would look upon the family and like learn about them and all their characteristics. And then this is pretty much another just a simple way of how right. he's
2: you know looking on someone else and admiring them from afar. But if you think about in this story, so far, what we've seen him is him looking at the world from a window, and that was all he knew for quite some time. So I feel like we can't really fault him for the staring problem that we, I would fault many guys for. Uh, I, I'm not looking at him thinking he's doing this maliciously or inappropriately I just think it's kind of what he knows
3: it's how he views the world and like how he gets attached to people and like fall in love with them he he loves From a distance because he doesn't think he can love people up front. Right.
0: So, But you guys weren't creeped out by the voyeuristic watching them make out idea?
2: As an audience member, of course it's creepy to watch one man watching another woman and man make out. It's a weird thing. But as somebody who is looking at this character for who he is, no, I wasn't thinking, oh, he's still creepy right now. I was thinking, wow, this is really damn sad.
0: Yeah, it was sad. And he was weeping. Yeah. I mean, for seconds after that, they showed a lot of that and established just how heartbroken he was. Uh, and he's so heartbroken. He then goes and spoiler alert, kills Van Helsing. Yeah. Oh. Who saw that coming?
3: I didn't think
2: Van Helsing <sighs> would die this soon. No, yeah, I definitely saw that coming. Really? Uh, absolutely. Um, I
0: wish we would have asked you that about two hours ago.
2: <laughs> when I saw his reaction to what Maud had done, um, I knew he was either going to kill uh, Maud's man or go after Frankenstein's people. Uh, it, it, no matter who Frankenstein had been with at the time, he was going to kill. And we had seen Frankenstein with the professor all night. So it, it, for me, that was, there was some foreshadowing there.
0: The interesting thing to me with Caliban is I can't decide if he is – a sympathetic character or an evil character, and I can't decide whether I like him or not, because we see a lot of scenes where he is sympathetic, the situation with Maud, the situation, a lot of the situations at the theater where he sort of comes alive, no pun intended, mm-hmm. into what he is and what he's supposed to be doing, but then Caliban around Victor. Now he's justifiably angry, but he's vicious. He's vicious to Victor to the point where it almost makes me a little uncomfortable that it's not about revenge anymore. It's not about whatever, but it's vindictive nature beyond that that's really making him an unsympathetic character and way more of an antagonist.
2: Absolutely. I'm half with you. I'm half not. I'm with you in the sense that I don't know whether he's good or evil, but I know for a fact that I like him. So that's I. You I, like Caliban? Yeah, I really do. Um, don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> I I do know that I really like him.
0: Do you Do you like what I, he did to Van Helsing?
2: No, uh, no, no,
3: no. Because I I, I I think the problem is is that we feel for Caliban because no one else really feels for him, and therefore you know he is a lone and isolated kind of human being who doesn't have that connection with the the human connection that so many people strive for, and that's what he's doing, and he's not getting that. So I think, you know, humans, us, the audience, are getting attached in that way. But his actions, going after Frankenstein in a vindictive, spiteful way, that's not nice, and that's not good. And for being a creature who's, like, so into life... And then causing death, ironically, to get his way is not the way to go about it. So I'm conflicted if he's good or bad. I'm seeing more... Unfortunately, I'm seeing more the negative sides of Calvin than they're overshadowing his
2: good side. Right. I just think it comes down to how much he values human life and how much he believes that death is uh, final. Because from what he knows, personally, death is not final. You can die. You can come back. So I think he's thinking... This is something that will hurt Frankenstein, but he's not thinking about the consequences. He's not thinking about the fact that he's taking a human life that most probably will not be able to come back.
0: I think he knows that human life won't come back. He's not dumb.
2: No, but uh, how could a he know that? In a way, though, because yeah. because when he
3: sees Victor mourning over the loss of Van Helsing, he's like, "Don't cry. It doesn't do you anything. It doesn't bring you solace." So yeah. just having the no consciousness of any human, like he can't register good, sadness, happiness. That that shows sociopathic tendencies. And
0: didn't, didn't Caliban, I don't remember the exact line. I know somebody probably watched this and will remember on YouTube or something. Which, by the way, our YouTube commenters, another week. You guys are awesome. Oh, we'll talk about that at the end of the show, though. Um, but I don't remember what the exact line was. But Caliban said something to Victor about Van Helsing's death along the lines of... There's more where that came from. Other people around you, this is going to happen to. It was some kind of threat to say, this isn't it. This is going to keep happening. And I don't remember what the line was, but the idea is Caliban's not going to stop doing this.
3: Yeah, everyone that's closer to And that goes with the story of Frankenstein, yeah. that Frankenstein went after Victor's family. Like, everyone that Victor was close to. So it rings true to that. And, and But the thing that surprised me, I didn't see Van Helsing dying so soon. Because mm-hmm. we've only seen two scenes Really, with Van Van Helsing and Victor interact with each other, and then he, and so I didn't know if that was enough screen time for us to realize this is a someone who was really close to Victor in order to die. Uh,
2: I don't know if this is just me being myself here, but I'm I'm hesitant to say that this is the last time we see him. I know that this there's nothing like motivation or a swift kick in the butt when the person you're very close with dies and you are somebody who's trying to pe- bring people back from the dead to life. Um, so I th- I think that... Mind that's what I'm, blown. No, absolutely. I think that this is Caliban's way of saying like, hey, you. this is what I've done to you and I'm going to keep tackling all these people and I'm going to keep murdering them until you figure out how to bring them back and, and get me a wife.
0: Well, remember too, this is the interesting thing about Victor. Well, before we get to that, I will say one more thing about Van Helsing. During the description of the vampires, the scene immediately preceding Van Helsing's death, and really the scene of his death, the the seconds preceding it, Van Helsing himself is like, here's what I know about vampires, I don't know their motive, I don't know why they're here, Mm -hmm. I don't know anything else. So from a script perspective his usefulness had ended. Yeah. So we actually should have seen this coming in a way because there was nothing else he knew. So either he was going to join the team of Discovery or he was going to have to go hang out on his own. It wasn't like he was offering any other insight. So from that perspective, I know Van Helsing is a loss because he was sort of a mentor to Victor and you don't want to see a guy just get his neck broken. And the
3: story of Van Helsing, he's the one that ends Dracula. Exactly.
0: But, But in this story today... It looked like he wasn't going to be off, able to offer very much more in terms of background on vampires. He told Victor what he knows, and that's it.
2: That's absolutely true. Uh, and I think that he was – in his speech, he was saying, you're young. You have a lot of time to live. I'm old. And he was kind of preparing the audience to let go of him. You know, yeah. like I've, yeah. I've lived my life and there's nothing left. And he uh, had
0: his wife, Hannah, and she lived her life, and then he had to kill her because of what happened. But they had their life. They had their thing. It's over. He's made peace with all of it.
2: Right, absolutely. But I don't know. Although he's made peace, I don't believe Frankenstein's made peace. Nope, not yet. So he's going to have to work for that. Very hard. And,
3: and also, Caliban also said the line that, look upon your work. Uh, again, you know, going back to his first kill, but look upon your master. Mm-hmm. And that just shows you know his superiority complex with, within Victor that this is your doing pretty much.
0: One more thing that Van Helsing said in German, the English translation was, For the dead travel fast. Mm
2: -hmm. I wonder
0: if we'll see that coming up in a head.
2: Like The Flash?
0: I don't know. <laughs> one Whoa, other thing about victor bad jokes before, by Roxy. Before we're so glad to have you back. I can't even <laughs> describe it. I mean, we team Bobby Marissa won, but we're excited to have you by back. Far. I can't
2: even—I can't even dispute that right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, sorry T. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so one more thing about Victor before we move on to Ethan and Brona, which was interesting in its own right. Victor Caliban is forcing Victor pretty much with his will to find Caliban a mate, to find him a woman, a wife, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Victor's been thinking about it himself anyways because he's sketching and doing whatever in his book and he looks up and sees those girls, those dancers. They were too young, man. They were
2: slightly creepy. They were
0: too young. That's
2: – I think part of that had to do with the human body and how it moves. And for how, sure. So, so that is like, OK, for to look at them for that as inspiration, fine. But don't let your head go too far there, Frankenstein, because I'll – I like you right now, and I won't like you so much if you're murdering a, a little, little girl yeah, and, and, and sicking them on <laughs> I, Caliban. I
0: respect the time period that people were getting married maybe at 15, 16 years old. Those girls were like 12 and 13. Yeah. That's a little that's too a far. And I think that's the purpose of it, to show us that Victor is thinking outside of his head on this because he's so desperate and so scared. And it's like any girl. He's like, who can I overpower? Who can yeah. I get? You know? And those girls like that. he can overpower and get, and that's something he could potentially do. And it's supposed to be creepy because he's at the end of the rope and he doesn't know what else
2: to do. Desperation. Yeah, he scares me. Uh, Victor's eyes and the way he looks now. I love his eyes, though. <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying they're not beautiful, but they're scary. Every yeah. Everything about his face, even the, the entire episode of tonight, uh, loose cannon. Oh, for sure. Well, the great,
3: the great thing about Victor, he's a very mistress, mysterious kind of person because you never know what he's thinking because he's very smart and every time you see him you think he's thinking something else but it's really something else and but that shows like just how mysterious and enigm- enigmatic a person is and his life like you don't know what he's going to do what he has planned
0: I agree <laughs>
3: <laughs> I concur yeah.
0: good good closing point on Victor let's transition out to Ethan and Brona before we do that Thank you guys so much for subscribing on iTunes and rating us so far. We really appreciate that. And thank you guys on YouTube for all the great comments. If you haven't done it already, hit subscribe. If you're listening on the podcast, or if you're on YouTube watching the video, hit subscribe if you haven't done it already. And keep commenting. We love it. We have Roxy back now so you guys can say all those hateful things about her you've been waiting to say for a couple weeks.
2: I love it. Bring it on, baby.
0: (laughs) There's a Boston attitude. (laughs) All right, let's go to Ethan and Brona now. We learn a lot about the two of them today. The first one is is Brona is getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And the first interesting scene to meet was the first time we saw Brona coughing up a storm in bed, you know, on her side, just we know she's sick, but it's looking like it's getting worse and worse pretty progressively quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ethan comes in and kind of like snuggles her or whatever, and she's like, Where'd you go last night? And he's like, I was hanging out with Mr. Gray. I'm like, No, dude, you weren't. You were cheating on her with Mr. Gray. Let's call it what it is, right? Making I, out, even if it was just making out, it's cheating.
3: It, it, it was, but also my question <laughs> was... You saw Brona. Is, she got. You saw Brona. She got <laughs> jealous. She's like, "Where were you last night? Um, didn't Brona try to break up with him just the very night before? That's
0: exact. And she ran off. And yeah, she ran off. She's the one That's that just it like off. a girl. You do the breakup. Oh. You run off, and then you blame me. I'm sorry. That I'm sorry. That was low. That was. I was. I just. Come on, I had a flashback to something that happened to me. I. I, yeah, I don't know.
2: But seriously. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, okay. That's just. I bring it back. <laughs> Because I, I missed the after show for this. I'm still very confused. I, I mean, I what the, what was that? I mean, the, they're hooking up. and
0: Well, listen, we had a bit of a debate on that in the YouTube comments after this after show a couple of weeks ago about that breakup that directly led to this scene, which mm-hmm. was whether Brona left because of Dorian specifically or if it was a class issue that she didn't feel like she felt in. Because she was poor and everybody else was rich. My argument was her her persona drastically changed when Dorian showed up and introduced himself even though he already knew her. Right. Other folks have been saying, no, it was a class issue. She didn't feel comfortable the whole time, which I, I get, although you're wrong. I think it's That's a combination
2: right. of all of those things. I, I don't think that any of them are small enough to negate. Um, so I, I don't know. But I it's really interesting to me that the first thing we – one of the first things we hear him say tonight is I love you with all of my heart. And I was thinking – when did that happen
3: and how long had they really known each other in the real time
0: i'm gonna tell you guys right now i've never i've never i've never done this myself i'm not condoning it so ladies out there don't you know i'm not condoning this but a man who strays when he comes back home Mm -hmm. is gonna feel a little extra guilty Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he might try to go over the top saying some things he shouldn't say to try to make up for the guilt that he doesn't want to admit what he did, but he wants the woman to know, no, I made a mistake, baby, you're the one, and I'm never going to make that mistake again. And that is subconsciously what's up.
2: Right, you know, a man will buy a woman flowers, and then it's usually because he did something wrong, or whatever it is. But this didn't seem like the first time he had said that. Um, and, I don't know, there was just something there that I was, I'm confused. I want to sit down with Ethan and say, what's up, man? Like, <laughs> what's actually going on? Who who are you crushing on, and uh, is this all a game or do you really like Brona, and you just had a little gay moment or like I, I don't even know uh, or do you really like Dorian or are you asexual or are you bisexual what, what?
3: Now, see the thing is when he first said I love you to Bruna I questioned it honestly because it was just like what Bobby said he just cheated on her and then kind of felt bad and said the I, I love you and then but we see throughout the rest of the episode when he's talking about Brona to right. to the other guys she's he was he was really adamant like no I really do love this woman and then that's when I started kind of believing maybe he is being
2: truthful and he really does care about this woman. Absolutely. I I think it's confusing and like I I want to get Ethan in studio, like in character <laughs> not
0: not uh Josh no, Hartnett. you no, just I want, to want
2: Ethan, so I can seriously be like, all right, give us the d l you know, like
0: if Ethan in character comes to studio, he's bringing guns, and listen, he don't miss, okay, yeah, if he takes that gun out, everything's a direct shot, Damn so watch straight. out, be careful what you wish for,
2: I know okay, shot good, good point,
0: <laughs> um. <laughs>
2: And you're to blame. I don't even know what yep. to say about
0: that. So, <laughs> Brona, okay, the other interesting scene in that bedroom, because the show this week jumped back and forth scene to scene, story to story, different from a lot of what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Marissa, we were talking about this off air, but it's this idea of before on Penny Dreadful, they'll jump story to story in a minute or 90 seconds or whatever. It was like 15 seconds a pop, you know, vignette, 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 very, very quickly, much faster than a lot of episodes not better or worse i like it both ways
3: still moves but the story along
0: but very different and one of the things was they keep coming back to this bedroom scene with brona and ethan and other things are happening in between the other bedroom scene point of note to me is when brona looking at ethan from the bed and he's at the foot of the bed getting ready and she says something along the lines of you know you better not kiss me anymore you can't kiss me anymore it's too far along or whatever and what does he do
2: he kisses her. She
0: walks up and plants yes. one on. Of her. Of
2: course, which is another thing that, that was sweet, right? It, it is. It's sexy. It's sweet. The us women viewers love it. We're like, oh my god, why can't I have consumption? You and, and Have a guy that want to make out with me? But more so than that, it made me realize this is. There's no way that this is an absolute fling to him because then he wouldn't do that because they don't know about consumption and they don't know how you can or what. I don't even know how you die. I sat there. I was like, guys, is, is he going to catch this? Like, what's going on? No. Uh, you know, <laughs> I I think that he has to have. Real Feelings for her, or just be very stubborn and and manly. I think it's he's in
0: I think it's an idea of he's got nothing to lose. We still don't know what happened to him in America. He tried to tell Brona about it, and she cut him off, and she was like, "Oh, you killed ten Redskins before breakfast so yeah. we still and he wasn't going to tell her I don't think the whole story, but mm-hmm. he was going to say something We still don't know what happened with him in America, so he could be of the attitude, and this oversimplifies it too much, but he could be of the attitude that he's ready to die in a weird way and he says, "You know what? I've lived such a life, such and such happened. Look what I'm doing right now with Sir Malcolm." I don't care anymore. I love this girl and if I get consumption and die with her, so be it. He is
2: very clearly not afraid of death, which makes me wonder, yes, what you were saying what happened in the past, but also is there any way that he right now is sick or something, you know, is there something we don't know about him that he is inevitably going to die prematurely anyway?
3: Or is it his condition, whatever maybe creature he is or mm-hmm. something that could cause his imminent death? Right. Or makes maybe, him want maybe. to die. Yeah.
1: Or
0: his condition, whatever creature he is, he's eternally living and consumption doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. That. Like Dorian? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Let me just heal myself now. <laughs> <laughs> Sound effects Ooh, that all. noise. Yeah, it wasn't a good one. Sorry, guys.
0: That's okay. We don't mind it. Um, let's transition now. Ethan's a good transition point because there's really not too much more of Brona in this episode, yeah. although he discusses her at the plague ship and that thing which we'll get to in a second but let's talk about as you called it so wonderfully marissa boys night out
3: <laughs> in a sick twisted way
0: in a weird sick twist well every boys night out is sick and twisted <laughs> yeah. let's be honest
2: what's wrong with you yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> every every it's the boys night
2: Diffles version it
0: is not a good boys night out if it is not sick no. and twisted back me up on that roxy oh I know yeah you know.
2: you know me and all my boys nights out
0: <laughs> okay uh the plague ship. And we've got Sir Malcolm Murray Simbene, who's playing a little bit bigger role. Watch out for this guy. Watch out for this guy. Ooh. You said it, Roxy. You're he's like, getting- nobody gives this guy respect. Yeah. I think he's coming. I'm not going to make a prediction on it because I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. No,
2: not respect time. He just doesn't get the time. But he's getting
0: more. Yeah. He's definitely getting more. He's getting lines. Something's coming with He's him. actually yeah. speaking. Something's coming with sad him. Sad
2: card is in now and he's ready to go.
0: <laughs> he's ready to rock. I have a feeling he had that sad card before. I don't just, know. He- I
2: was just kidding. Very <laughs> talented and I respect you and your sad card. <laughs>
0: you're so politically correct
2: you yeah, changed totally in your last two weeks did i yeah thanks guys like I, seriously maybe more gin would help i was gonna say what are you
0: drinking today
2: <laughs> yeah whatever mm, it my is water. okay
0: guess tiana must have been the problem then
2: <laughs> you said oh. it not me <laughs> oh boy just kidding um, okay. team roxy t tea. let's go Ooh,
0: all right let's keep moving on before i really put my foot in my mouth and tiana comes in the studio <laughs> and like beats me up tomorrow or something which she could do by the way um <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Don't that mess. plague ship. So, we learn about the plague ship, and, and really it's connected to the story with Sir Malcolm and Vanessa trying to find Mina. And the initial scene we see where the demon had broken into Vanessa's room and Vanessa hadn't realized it. We'll talk about Vanessa in a second. But the plague ship is the key here because this today was the fight scene with the guns, with all the women, with all the possessed, excuse me, devil women or whatever it was. This scene reminded me of the seance scene in where you're kind of like, This is awesome and different and really fast and really not what Penny Dreadful does. And most of the things that they do are a little slower and a little more measured. And this Mm -hmm. is just insane. And I loved it. I don't know about you guys.
2: That's what I really like about the show is that they're not afraid to change it like you guys are talking about, those 15-second vignettes, whatever. Uh, Week to week, it's very different. And they don't stick to a formula. Uh, So you never know what you're going to get. So when we have this tonight, it's so out of character. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics in Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. for the show. Not that the show even has a character, but that it, it was interesting to watch. And those eyes popping open Oh baby. That
3: was awesome. Yeah. And was it what am I correct where it was only like three women that they were finding. It made me think that maybe they were Dracula's three brides. Really? I
2: think yeah. I think we saw five women though. Five it, of the eye pops. Maybe well, I have to, have to go like back,
0: back four. I took. Yeah. I, I saw
2: four eye pops. I took, but it, they were
3: fighting three women, and then Mina was at the end. They see, that's that's me.
0: interesting because I took it completely differently. That they were fighting way more than three or four or five, and we only saw three or four eye pops to establish
2: how many. What
0: was high. going on? I I was under the impression that there was a ship of a ton of dead women or or undead, whatever see, it is. I
3: only saw like three. I the get, same three. just kept and, coming and, and just, bouncing up? Yeah, they kept shooting them over and over again. This,
0: I just took for granted that they died when they were shot, which was probably stupid. And you should never take anything for granted on Penny Dreadful. But I took for granted that they died when they were shot and there were just a ton of...
2: I think the fact that even when yes, we're having sorry, this conversation... The same three. <laughs> yeah, I think the fact that we're having this conversation right now shows that this is the, probably the scariest part of the show because we can't put a name on this. We don't know what's going on. We don't know how many of there there are or what they even are, um, as opposed to uh Caliban or all the you know these scary things that we know what they are we know what they're capable of these things uh, we all watch the same episode and we don't know what we have different opinions on what these how many what who so I don't know I, I think that uh, in my opinion there were more than three Marissa knows best, bro. Marissa is <laughs> well, a
0: professor for a reason. My
2: does not matter because Marissa knows best. I saw the fact. same
3: three women over and over again. They just kept shooting and then it got to the point where somebody like literally knifed one of them and stabbed it. So I just saw the same three women over and over again.
2: Well, we're it, doesn't to back
3: it doesn't help where all of them had white long hair and in yeah. white gowns. I know. And I was like, Khaleesi, get same. out of here.
2: And it happened so fast. That was my Game of Thrones reference. Khaleesi? Uh, wrong show. I know, but they all look like Khaleesi with the hair. And anyway,
0: You <laughs> yeah. miss Sarah, don't you? Yeah,
2: I miss Sarah. And people who watch Game of Thrones will, would appreciate that.
0: They would. That's Come true. Come
2: on. You've got to uh, give me my I'm, comments uh, when I get them. I'm that not mad at you. I'm not mad at you.
0: Okay. And the demon was there, that lead demon or whatever. And we've seen yeah. that guy, girl, creature entity before with the ton of teeth and stuff like that. Right. He was there, or whatever it was, overlooking... Kind of. Now, and my biggest question Mina. with this scene was that real Mina or an apparition of a fake Mina to kind of entice them in. It's
2: a really good question. I'm not positive. Um, I because I don't know whether Mina has switched to the dark side or not. Off of your question, the most important question to me is, tonight we hear um, where I come from, we know some people cannot be saved. And if December. Mina has gone too far, has Mina gone too far? Which Mina that we're seeing is the real Mina? Uh, because we only saw this nice Mina when it came to Vanessa, because apparently they want Vanessa, but Vanessa wasn't here right now, so why would we see nice Mina? I don't
3: know. But, okay, the, the, the thing is with Mina... We, we saw her actually speak, and we've seen her in the past, like, is she a spirit, Mina, or is she the real thing? I think for tonight's episode on the ship, she was real. She was still in that form, so she was, like, in
2: between. So when she but, says help, she really means yeah, help.
3: but she called out her father mm-hmm. in, a human, in a human voice, so it shows that she still does have some humanity left in her, and she's not completely all creature and demon or demonic-like person, so she has the ability to be saved.
0: That's interesting, and I'm going to disagree with you, but I'm not going to tell you why until we get to predictions because you guys just gave me my prediction. I do have
3: a prediction on Mina, too. Okay,
0: cool. We'll keep that, anyways. Uh, Anything else on Mina and what's going on with that before we transition out to uh, Vanessa and Dorian?
2: No, I, I think that uh, we don't know enough to be able to say anything. The question is, which Mina is Mina?
0: And the really cute thing, and you mentioned this earlier about Brona and Ethan, how much Ethan defends Brona when Sir Malcolm offered to like take her to the country or do whatever it was in the asylum or whatever. Um, and as it turns out, Ethan has some serious thoughts about Brona and says, No, you know, I'm going to be with her. And I don't remember what exactly he said, but I love her. I'm going to be with her. No,
2: he says, She will cease being. Uh, oh, he says, She will cease being who she is. And he says, Then I'll love who she becomes. And yeah. that was. That was. That was. Wow. Yeah, like, I mean. All the feels. <laughs> yeah. Romantic. Yeah, that, that did
3: it.
0: For I us.
1: mean, can you guys
3: say that? About me, Wait, that'd nice. I'm, I'm going
1: to chime in right there and be like, uh no, that's a very bad thing to think about people.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Sarah Stratton <laughs> in Sarah! Fresh from Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, just uh, come two minutes
2: earlier. I just made a Khaleesi reference and nobody got oh, it. I would have gotten it. These undead um, women, the women that eyes pop open with the blonde long hair, they, they all do look have, like Khaleesi. They do
1: have, oh, it's the evil Khaleesi. Yeah. That's scary. Roxy,
0: know. stop trying to make Khaleesi happen. happen. It's, it's not going to happen. You know what?
1: It's not uh, I will after. let you know, it happen. This is not Game of Thrones. I will <laughs> let it happen. All the time. Uh,
0: Okay, let's move on. Uh, Sarah, you got here at the perfect time. We're on our last topic.
1: I'm glad. I was just like, love listening to you guys. It's cool. We're we're
0: happy to have you. It'll be all normal next week, I think, now the Game of Thrones is done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unless I'm weeping. And And you survived. Don't don't say a word.
0: Yeah, don't spoiler alert for anybody at home. They might get mad. And they can't even tweet you about it with their complaints, can they? No. I'm
2: immune from all of the Hashtag Sarah Stratton.
0: Get a Twitter. Get a Twitter, Sarah Stratton. All right, let's move on to Vanessa and Dorian, our last topic, maybe the most significant one for a lot of different reasons. Uh, We know this is coming at the very start. Well, first off, we see Vanessa with the cards, with the tarot cards again, and she has that Vision, and she hears those screams, and she's the one who is the catalyst for something terrible happening on a ship.
2: Right, well, for, just mm-hmm. to back up Before for a second, though, that, yeah. uh, just on the tarot cards, because so far what we've known for the tarot cards is that when she was with Ethan, she pulled the lover's card, and now she has those two cards, V of cups and the moon.
3: V of cups oh. actually stands for five of cups, so V is five in Roman oh. numerals, so five. Um, Marissa! five of cups, which yes! actually means loss, grief, and anger how do you get boat out of moon I know, cups? that was my question. And I'm let's like, go to a boat. Yeah. because it, What but sounded like the, to me... She, she said a couple of the cards directed towards a ship, so I'm so guessing river those, those were the other two cards that the audience didn't see. But the the two cards that we saw only applied to Vanessa's life.
0: Because the, the sounds that we heard sounded to me like like Peter in the rainforest. It sounded like animals eating somebody, and that was my first reaction, it was but growing. it's not. It was yeah. growling.
3: And if you think about the
2: moon and a werewolf well growling. Yeah. I, I mean, you were you were pointing at me, Bobby. <laughs> oh, you were pointing at the TV and you were like, <gasps> and I was yes, like, what? Because what? I thought it was Peter. <laughs> yeah. I
0: thought it was going to be about Peter and it turns out, no, that's actually false. It wasn't about Peter, it, so I'm sorry.
2: Isn't that a thing? Peter and the wolves? Peter, Peter um, and the wolves. Um, um, <laughs>
0: that was like the scariest thing I I had a book when I was a kid you know what it doesn't matter let's not even get into it I have it. no
2: but, idea
1: what any of you were talking but about the moon Okay,
3: the moon. though if you think about it if you reference any animals associated with the moon you're going to think of a werewolf of course. or a wolf in general and then the sound effect coinciding with the, the turning of the moon card was growling yeah. so it sounded like it was from a vicious wolf
2: we're starting to get there where we are getting some labels tonight we hear vampire I, I think shortly we'll be Hearing werewolf, so that we can. Getting like definitive creatures. Yeah, so that we can recognize these things a little more because right now so many things are up in the air and it's like, I don't even know what to call this yeah. creature. Mm hmm.
0: I agree. Let's move on to Vanessa now. The biggest story, the coolest story to me, the most interesting, Vanessa and Dorian. We knew this was going to happen from the start. I called it on that first scene when he walked in. You knew what was going to happen because these are two of the most sexual people in the world. Oh, yeah. In the Penny Dreadful world at that time. And you just knew they were going to get together at some point. And they did. But let's talk about them getting together because Dorian has a move, you guys. We all have moves. Us gentlemen all have moves. I'm not going to tell you what my move is. But I got a good one or two but or ten. But you
1: pegs Dorian's move. Dorian's
0: well, move is
2: the next neck. move. Yeah. No,
0: no, no! It's bigger what? than that. It's the photograph, man. Uh, yeah. The photograph is he like the move, up, the yeah. date, the thing, and he just and at that time, the photograph wows the girls so much because it's unique. Or and like, the guy, or the guy that's touche wows them so much because it's unique that it's like that he's in. So he takes Vanessa. That's his move, and she's intrigued from there.
2: Well, it's something that you would only be able to do if you are well off and high class. You know, he. Yeah. it means you, you are someone. It. Um, And Vanessa even says she's never, even, she is so many things and she's never been photographed. Somebody giving her her first photograph, that's bigger than taking her virginity.
0: Interesting uh, comparison. comparison. Yeah,
2: he took her P card.
0: Oh, God. <laughs>
2: And she never She's gets to it. see the photo, which is the only part I really wanted well, out of that scene. It, how did it happen back then? Did it just pop out? No, no. it wasn't a Polaroid. <laughs> you
0: know, it probably took so oh, long. Oh, I
2: take that back. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm going to get so many things. There's a dark room and the whole thing. It, oh, it probably
0: took so long to, to, to snap the photograph that it probably took like three months to develop the picture. Yeah. I actually don't know the technology. We'll I look it up afterwards. I was a
1: joke. I was an obvious joke. <laughs> All I know is I have not seen that, and I have not seen a painting, and I feel like I'm being left alone jet. in the dark. You're being jecked. I'm not happy. I'm mm. not yeah, happy Yeah, we still that. haven't
3: seen the painting.
0: Well, we'll talk about that in the news, so stick on that yeah. one for a second. Uh, but back to Vanessa and Dorian. So the photograph and then the neck move, I said it on when we were screening this, Vanessa has a wonderful neck. She really does. Why are you laughing at me? She has a wonderful neck.
2: Vanessa The character, Eva He's Green. Green. Eva Green. I mean, Eva Green has a wonderful lot of things. She right? does. She really I would does. agree <laughs> with you. Rocks. Yeah, you know, she wore totally that low cut shirt tonight. I'm like, she has wonderful breasts. She puts her neck out. I'm like, she has a wonderful neck. Her face, pretty wonderful, also so bone legs. structure. Yeah, but she, she's pretty wonderful.
0: She is pretty wonderful. But I noticed the neck specifically because I said it to you. Did I not? Mm-hmm. We you were did. watching this, oh, and yeah. I was like, that neck is hot. Yeah, she's got a great neck. She
2: she has one it's, of those like elongated, yeah, yeah. It just goes on and yeah. I could, could see that.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, now you guys know what I'm into. <laughs>
3: you're
1: Are finished. you also into the biting, clawing, oh, and then running out? Them I know. thought that was probably the sexiest thing I'd ever seen. But you seen. missed the
0: biggest part. They took out a knife.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: The knife. It wasn't just biting. Like a little biting or clawing, like, okay, maybe in the, it'll warrant it depending on what you're doing and whatever, you know, no comment. But the knife is way over the top.
1: Well, no, but it was for the corset.
0: But that no. was the
1: original move of yeah, it. Was sure. That's right, right, right. not that strange.
0: But then she took it and cut his chest and licked the blood.
1: Okay, that part strange. <laughs> But if you think about it... Are you
0: into it or I'm something? I'm cleaning
2: the fifth on this one.
0: I, <laughs> hey, I, Bobby, every guy has a move. And,
2: you know that, <laughs> that, That's the move.
0: Oh, wow. oh. She was saying that's Vanessa's move, is cut the chest, lick the blood. That's the wow. move. That's okay. that's her.
3: It's but a great you, way to get hepatitis. If you think about it, yeah, especially during that time. If you think about it, Vanessa was the aggressor this whole time. She's the one that led Dorian up the stairs. She's the one that was on top during the whole scene. And she's the one that made the first cut with that blade. Okay. So that was really all of her doing. And really
0: every cut with the blade, yeah, right? That yeah. That was
3: really all of Vanessa's
0: doing.
2: That being said, I understand that symbolically she was on top throughout this entire thing. However, the way she interacts with him is differently than she interacts with anybody else in the sense that she like almost is a little more step back and reserve. She just isn't as confident. It seems to me with him, like when he's coming on to her, and and she's just a little shyer and different. So I, I don't know. When we see her in the middle of the street have sex with that random guy, and she literally like pounces on him and is on, very much so on top. That was incredibly different than her on top in this scene. By the way, her on top in this scene. If he, sorry to get a little graphic here, but he was doing most of the thrusting. She was on top, but I felt like he was still doing the. It was his. He was having sex with her. I didn't feel like she was completely having sex with him. So I don't know. I I feel like he has that way of making people feel like they're on top, but really he's always on top. But then there's also the point of it was like steps in the right
1: direction where he like did was taking off her clothes, but he didn't take off all of her clothes. Right. So it's like which made me I think sad. There was actually, a I
0: wish he had. <laughs>
1: I think it's like a little bit of a I mean, power struggle, we well, and oh, she Vanessa holds Lashley. like the upper. She has the upper hand. Yeah, some, but he's but, like trying to compete with her at least. He's not just mm, giving in everything.
2: I feel like though, she, even though she has the upper hand in all of her relationships, and he has the upper hand in all of his, I didn't feel like in this she completely had the upper hand. I felt like he did most of the time, to be honest. There was two dominance in that yeah. relationship.
1: Technically, there was three.
0: That's a good point. Let's talk about that. Because she has that little vision or whatever. And, Roxy, I've got to ask you a question. Because when she's on top, she goes into this real... They, they, they almost freeze frame it. They really cut down. She's very slow. She has her neck back. And she kind of freezes in a way. And the demon, the, the master, starts yeah. talking to her. You said, interesting choice. And you didn't sound too happy about it. Um,
2: Honestly, it was not as visually pleasing as I thought they could Are have Are you made talking it. about the layered images yes, of her la- face exactly. with different expressions? Exactly. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Um, I know that she does, when she's about to have her moments, she does that neck thing. That's enough for me. I, I didn't need to see... I, I felt like they were making... And I don't feel this way about the show most of the time, but I felt like they weren't giving the audience enough credit that we would have picked up what was going on. And they made it so over the top, like, let's slow this down for you guys so you don't miss it. I didn't need them to slow it down. For I
1: completely us. agree. It was visually as pretty as she is. And as when they make her distorted, they make her look distorted. It just wasn't fun to watch. Yeah, like agree. how they layered her face, how it did the levels, her expression. I didn't need any of that. Mm. And I agree. I, I just think that. And it took a while. It was like a very extended moment. It
2: it took almost a minute, and it made me wonder because this episode was so short. Were they trying to extend the episode with some of these moments? Were they try? Was there something that they were trying to do here? Because it was it wasn't like the show to add something that I didn't love.
3: I th- I think it was also yes visually maybe it wasn't aesthetically pleasing, but storytelling wise, it shows that when whenever Vanessa's at the height of something, height of sexual pleasure, height of happiness, height of anger. Then she gets affected by whatever is inside of her. It's the literally the climax moment, so to speak, climax. That That's when she gets interfered
2: by this creature inside of her. Absolutely, and that is conceptually sound. And that's what I got uh, from it. It's conceptually sound, and I agree that when she is at her peak, her climax, whatever, that's when this comes on. That, I didn't have a problem with. It was the way they showed that, that I had a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that.
0: Oh, that's fair. I get that, too. But she ends up running out of sex. Dorian looks predictably disappointed Can
2: you run out of sex? Well,
0: you know, she was like waddling out whatever you want to say. <laughs> can you run out of sex? Sorry, She's Roxy. Sorry. Keep it PG, yep, keep Roxy's it a little PG. Roxy's back yeah. in full force. And there's that chin. I don't know, Roxy, can you run out of sex? Why don't we ask you?
2: Feather <laughs> <laughs> Pythagoras. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all
0: you'll right. take That's your knife. Many
2: knives you have, yeah. yeah you <laughs> take
0: your knife with you. Uh she she waddles out of sex. She she whatever. And Dorian looks predictably disappointed, but she has to get and out of there. And
2: confused. Like surprised. Yeah. yeah. I would be, too, if I was having sex with somebody. It seemed like we, I was doing a good job. It seemed like you were having a good time, and then you run out. You do some weird neck thing, and you run out. Um, I, it's, it's a little off-putting.
0: Yeah, I would say a little off-putting, because <laughs> Dorian obviously never heard the voice. I think it's safe to assume that the voices yeah. only exist in Vanessa's head. Right. So nobody else can understand what's going on. And she runs out of him, and... and Eventually comes back to Sir Malcolm. Right.
2: So I just want to talk about what that voice said, though. Hello, my child. I've been waiting. What? Okay. Uh, yeah. What games we will have now? Yeah. The creepiest thing somebody could that you could hear in your head. I, I, if I were poor Vanessa, I mean, she probably just wants to curl up in a little ball and cry. It's uh, it's got to be the same voice that when she was reaching out to God in the previous episodes that we see somebody else answers. This is that voice. Mm-hmm. Where has it been? What has it been waiting for? Why is this the moment that it's come back? And what games do we have in store? Mm, games.
0: That's prediction time, but we'll yeah. wait for that.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: But last scene, we do need to talk about one final thing. Put a cap on this thing before we get into news and predictions, all that wait, good stuff. Wait, what
1: about we're talking, did we mention Dorian's healing? Oh. Yeah. Well, what about that in front of the
0: picture? Because his healing did come up when he looks at his portrait, mm-hmm. which we never see. And that's also something in news we'll talk about. That's <laughs> What do you think about the healing? Now, Professor Serafini, you tell us about the picture of Dorian Gray in the book.
3: Well, the story is that anything physically or, you know, happens to Dorian in real life gets transferred to the portrait. So he essentially can, like, keep on living and have nothing affect him physically or or mentally because it also, you know, affects his brain too. So it gets transferred to the portrait. So seeing visually seeing all the cuts like literally disappear, and now knowing it's going to the portrait that we don't see, we can just assume that it's getting transferred.
1: But Mm. it's also an interesting connection because they made him, I don't know if it's going to be a binding thing or if it's going to carry over, but his attachment to this portrait, why he keeps it so safe, and why the moment he is in front of it, that's when the healing begins, could be an interesting play because I don't know enough about it to say, if someone removes the painting from him or takes possession of it, like, do they have control over his life? Do they have control over his healing? Like,
2: You mean if something happens to him, it happens to the portrait, so if something happens to the portrait, does it happen to him?
1: The inverse of that. That also, if, say, he needs the portrait to heal, so if he gets shot in the arm... And he needs to go to the portrait to heal. Like is there a a connection there? Like how much is it control?
3: Well in I I'm sorry, I'm gonna just keep referencing the book. Don't be sorry, that's that's all I am.
2: But the book
1: the book, every time something happens to Dorian,
3: he he locks away the portrait. He keeps it hidden away from the world. He keeps it safe in, in the attic, I believe. And then every time in the reader is saying this he's already in front of the portrait, and then Dorian can visually see what's happening and what's being transferred mm-hmm. to the portrait. so I think they're they're just going off of that for the audience that this is happening right
2: now, because every time he stood in front of the portrait, he saw it himself. If this is the case, which I believe it is, then I am a little confused on why we haven't seen the portrait, and why we don't see the portrait originally, and then why don't we see the wounds getting transferred? That would be, that. I guess for mystery purposes, but that as an audience member would be something that I could grasp a little more, because unless you have read this, you, you know that he's standing in front of a portrait of himself, and that he is healing, so you can jump as far enough to think that that it's going to the portrait or something like that. So I would like to see that. That that's visually pleasing to me. That's something that I can see. I can acknowledge and I can. I would appreciate. So I think we will see it. Just haven't yet.
0: Yeah, yeah I agree. I think we're gonna yeah. see it. Hopefully pretty soon. We got we only got two more episodes yeah. this season. Well,
3: yeah, and if you're thinking about it, maybe another reason why we haven't seen the portrait because the portrait really doesn't play any part in any of the storylines that are going on. Or maybe it does, and we just don't know it. Yeah. But right now, it's a very standalone object that only refers to Dorian Gray's character and not the rest of the ongoing stories.
0: So what about this very last scene with Ethan and Sir Malcolm talking about trust and trust in Vanessa and then Vanessa coming home to Sir Malcolm? Uh... Ethan says to Sir Malcolm something along the lines of you have to trust Vanessa. You've got to learn to trust her and need her and whatever. And Sir Malcolm then turns and and goes to confess to Vanessa, who is not of sound mind by the end of this thing and is nope. lifted up off the ground because she's possessed in some way. So he's not going to be doing any confessing right now. But my question
2: is yeah.
0: what's the confession?
2: Yeah, he says he hasn't been honest. So I don't think he's been honest, honest with the audience yet. I don't think we it's something we know.
0: So it's, so, so it's something from his backstory that we just couldn't possibly know.
2: I believe so. Or, or we a, couldn't. I couldn't. think there's a lot. I don't
1: think this was just going to be like, oh, by the way, there's one. He did say, like, there's a thing. But he has to fill her in on everything that happened this night. And if you look back, I mean, where you place blame in this show is very difficult and very interesting. Because we there's so many chunks of time we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Like, I still don't understand how him and Vanessa have reached the relationship they have. Right. Um, But on top of that, I think that, in a way, if he had been honest with her from the beginning of this episode, she wouldn't necessarily be in the position where she's being lifted off the ground and levitated, because she wouldn't have gone on the date. Like, if he had kept her... Why wouldn't
2: she have gone on the date? Because she would have known where he was going?
1: Yeah, also, he was the one who enabled... In Dorian Gray's day, yeah, and he pushed her away. It was like, "Oh, go be distracted and so
0: lied I can go do and all lied this. to her about having to work the books." When she left, and he right. immediately went out with Simbena, right. yeah.
1: And if he had been honest with her, she wouldn't have been there, and she wouldn't right. have been revisited by her friend.
0: And she would have gone on the mm-hmm. plague ship because Ethan asked where she was several times when the plague ship thing happened, and she wasn't there,
1: right? So but, Ethan
3: could tell that something was up with Vanessa yeah. and.
2: That's why okay. when I was talking about how we saw that Mina, even though Vanessa wasn't there, there's got to be a reason she wasn't there. And I think it was to show us that, that Mina is being shown to other people other than Vanessa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I think on top of that, it's to say that they obviously need Vanessa to get through to it. And the creature's not, or that creature's yeah. not willing to kill them until everyone's together.
2: Yeah.
3: Or not
1: willing mm. to
2: even address them until
1: then.
3: Mm. Um, you have to get everyone. got to get everybody. the whole gang. But it was also sh- to prove that Mina is still alive in some shape or form.
1: Yeah. Did anyone? Oh, I'm going to have to re-listen to your guys' podcast. No, about go Because I couldn't see her face. I was trying so hard to, like, see her eyes and see her teeth. And I was just like, too many flames in the way. Yeah. Day. Yeah. It looked like know. she had dark
3: black eyes. Like, like she looked like the other dead vampire women that were there. She looked
2: exactly like them. But she was speaking in the normal human voice. She didn't look like that so. to me. She looked like the Mina was- that we saw on the beach to me. Really? Oh Well, like a little more, but she didn't look like the Mina we've seen in the hallway. Uh, it was kind of a combination of the two, maybe. Hmm. We'll have to go back and look again.
0: Well, it happened th- so okay.
3: fast. It happened so fast. Sorry. We're g- we're
0: going to see a lot of meat in the next two episodes. I think that's it on the recap portion. So let us get now to news and gossip. After
3: Buzz.
0: All right, we've got a lot of news to get through. Marissa, Professor Serafini, why don't we begin with you, a couple tidbits.
3: All right, well, I just a couple interviews with uh, Eva Green, who obviously plays Vanessa. She spoke to Vanity Fair last week about last week's episode, Closer Than Sisters. And then she she actually did a lot of research before she became Vanessa that she saw two psychics in Paris. One that showed her how to properly spread the tarot cards, and she found that fascinating because, you know, if you do it properly and well done, it actually can give someone insight on which cards to decide to pick, which, hmm, interesting. And then the other one showed, um, told her about, like, um, Eva Green, like, actually now believes in psychics too because the second psychic was telling her all about these private things that happen in Eva's life that no one knows about. So that kind of spooked Eva a bit. She's like, I kind of believe it now, because no one knows this stuff about. She me. didn't go to Miss
0: Cleo, did she?
3: <laughs> I, Do you no, guys remember Miss Cleo? Yeah, yes, I remember. <laughs> but she said she doesn't. She doesn't know. Uh, yes, over that. But uh, she said oh. she said that this the second psychic knew what happened to her and told me what would happen in her future. So we'll see if she's actually right. <laughs> And then uh, more stuff that she said she likes enjoys playing insane characters, especially with Vanessa she has some really extreme scenes but she said the filming of the when she was possessed by the demon and having sex with it and all. she said at the end of that day filming she said she was completely shattered but the crew was very nice and John Logan, the director the writer sorry um, was looking after her like her very father like, which was very sweet. And then she also says she likes to not stay in character during um, scenes and during takes and stuff because she she likes um, building a nicer relationship and establishing relationship with the crew and, you know, being uh, nice in that way. And then she also listens to music. I guess it would be
1: hard to make friends today. if, like, the uh, whole but, time you're yeah. like, but I am To stay in character.
0: But it I would also be really hard to go in and out of character, take and take and take and whatever. Like, it'd be almost easier to stay in character and just be weird.
3: Yeah. But she she likes to like not stay in character cuz she finds that cons- actually her words pretentious. So yeah, she yeah. likes to establish that relationship with Crew, which is nice. I mean, I I'm, I'm Crew, so I know I know <laughs> what that's like. And then um also we did talk about a few weeks ago that the whole séance scene, how there was a butterfly in between. She said in extension to that story that that butterfly actually followed Eva Green around throughout the whole eight episodes of filming and she considered it her little guardian angel.
0: What does it mean, guys? What do you think?
3: Yeah, it was very weird. Everyone was laughing but it was like a Penny Dreadful Butterfly a spirit.
0: Hmm.
3: Yeah. All
0: right, I've got two pieces for you guys. The first one is on Reeve Carney, the actor who, of course, plays Dorian Gray. He did a Q&A in Manhattan this week about Penny Dreadful, and he first off says he read Oscar Wilde's work, of course, as he should if he's playing Dorian Gray. Most importantly for us, though, Penny Dreadful, the production, has already created the portrait. He has not seen it. So they asked him on the Q and A, they said, What does it look like? He says, I have no idea. I'm gonna be just as surprised as you are. I have not seen it yet. So when I don't we, believe
1: them. I don't think they've created it.
0: When we really <laughs> liar
2: when we see we him see when
0: this. we see him looking at the portrait that is unshown, he's looking at Lord knows what. He could be looking at a picture of Roxy. We don't know. I
2: bet that's what it is. I do have some great healing powers.
0: (laughs) It's those dimples. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the the second one, we've got some pictures to post up with this piece of news. This is a good one, you guys. Take a look. It's Billy Piper, the actress who plays Brona Croft. On Thursday night at London's Groucho Club, Billy Piper was leaving the club. On the way out, she kissed a homeless guy. He went in to talk to her. I guess they had a little conversation. He goes in for the kiss, and she does the turn that all the girls do to guys like me. Where you're going for the lips, and she turns, and you just gotta kiss the cheek. Uh, so she kissed him on the cheek. You can see he's got a beard. He's got military fatigues on. This is in London, so Lord knows what's going on. I don't know if she's drunk or what. You sure it's, he's
3: homeless? He's wearing I, that type of.
0: Clothing. It was Maybe hey, it he was reported. Not. It was reported to me that he was homeless. Okay. So I don't know. Get it, girl. Biggest question. Now maybe we know why you got consumption. <laughs>
2: oh, too soon.
0: Dude, too soon. So bad. Okay, maybe it's. I too think soon. It was okay. <laughs> All <laughs> right, let's move on to uh, predictions. Oh, it, there, I
3: think there was a uh, one more photo that. Um,
0: oh, <laughs> this oh, this is good. Yeah, let's yeah, do this. Okay, I'm sorry. So
3: I was looking up, you know, fun stuff for Penny Dreadful last week, and uh, the IO Nine website had this fun character map of our favorite Penny Dreadful characters, and I don't know if you could tell the whole photo here. But um, there's lines in between everyone, like, it, saying, one, the blue line is, like, this person has made out with this person. Or a green line, this is, like, parental again. Or the yellow one, too good for this, all that, which is... What's the
2: red line? Who's too What's good for this? the
3: purple line? So, um,
1: the, the red line is, uh, he, as oh, you can some tell other me, Some other up messed up. Messed up mess. Mess. Some other mess okay, up we're missing a line. I just have to say that... <laughs> Josh and Mr. Men, oh my gosh, I'm told. Malcolm? Oh. No. And Dorian? No. What? No. Well, no, they have the blue line. Purple line should be, what's the purple line? The the purple line (laughs) are, I can't read the name. It says (laughs) colleagues. Colleagues. Colleagues, they're not all connected.
0: Well, they're not all Colleagues.
1: But I thought they are all college. They made a pact. Josh made and Dorian. And some more like Rome. Rome Sarah takes romantic. packs very
0: seriously. She must <laughs> take packs very seriously. My question is, who's the one who's too good for this? Who is that?
3: Oh, that—that's um, Professor, the the, that's the guy Egyptian who does professor. the proposal, the either. Egyptian. What's his oh name? yeah, he's totally too good yeah, for too it. Good yeah, girl. yeah, that
0: guy's the man. Okay. Um,
3: yeah, but it's a, it's a really funny um character map you should definitely read it um all the lines is just like yeah th- this it really makes sense with all the characters and their storylines and how they're all connected
2: okay i awesome. believe
0: it
3: yeah.
2: also i don't know if this is i'm um, just because i noticed it because i'm on i am i imdb Penny Dreadful all of the time and originally Reeve Carney um, was listed as who plays Dorian Gray was uh, listed, listed as six episodes and he's way further down the line in the list of actors and now he's been moved to the first actor and it says eight episodes and we know we have our season two so I'm wondering if they didn't know how big of a role he was going to and now he's going to he, because everybody thinks he's amazing I mean he's so freaking talented so I, I, I don't know what that means for him but, worked
0: himself into a bigger role maybe. yeah, yeah.
2: absolutely that happens a lot it's just an assumption right. that I, I didn't read anything about it but I just noticed that. So, but maybe
3: it's just some he'll, he'll get credit for some all the episodes, but only show up for some. Yeah. You know? Well, we already I mean, know he missed. He
2: already missed the two that he was going to miss. But so, yeah. uh, uh, but just, some
3: people get credited for all of them. That's what I'm saying. So
2: he wasn't getting credit. Now he is, which makes me think that he'll have a big part in season two.
0: Okay. I hope so. All right, now let's get to predictions.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yo, Stephen, where's our prediction music, man? (laughs) Got your
0: photos up and stuff.
2: (laughs) 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 Gotta give him a second. Stephen's like, forget
0: you guys. (laughs) Stephen's got his own prediction. He's going home early.
2: Yeah. He gets we He he has the power to end the show right now. <laughs> Just mute us all and go.
0: All right, let's get to predictions. I have a
2: From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro. That's that's not Oh, cool. cheap shot, that love. Not cool.
0: Wow. It's that time of night, folks. Okay, I've got a big one, but I'm gonna defer to you lovely ladies first. So who would like to make the first prediction?
2: And Roxy's car. Roxy's okay. doing it. No, you know, you always pick me, and I, I, I'll say, Roxy, you... Roxy. Yeah, yeah, Sarah,
1: go Sarah. 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 Um, well, since I thought I predicted last week that Brona was gonna die and like or turn into a vampire or something when she like collapsed in this on the street. I'm going to predict again that she's going to die. I'm just going to predict that every week until she dies, because
2: how is she still alive? That's
0: the safe play. I like it. it. It's Mm -hmm. it's
2: such a crazy prediction, considering she's close to dying and has consumption, that you would think she actually would die. That's, whoa, baffling.
1: Well, I tried to predict that she was going to become a a vampire, and that didn't come true.
2: Everybody's oh, getting
0: everybody's getting real testy in here right now.
2: <laughs> I think it's just this chick. I think over it is here. just
0: this. Hey, speaking kick of that me chick, out. why don't we? No, before we kick you out, make your prediction.
2: Um, I think that there's going to be a huge issue with Vanessa and Malcolm, and um, that Malcolm really doesn't have Vanessa's best interest. Um,
1: <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry you said that. I just had this vision of like Malcolm like tying a rope around her and like carrying around like a balloon. Like,
2: <laughs> what? Why? What were What were Why? you guys What were you
0: guys drinking in Game of Thrones
2: earlier tonight? <laughs> oh, it's gin all around on that. See, usually time. I'm the one that everybody's pointing and laughing at, so I'm pretty happy about this. <laughs> uh, Every um, oh, no, ass. very funny. No, I just funny I think that Ethan. Even though we see him pointing the gun to Vanessa, I think he's very much so Team Vanessa. Um, and he has to do it to like protect her, save her, something. And, and Malcolm is anti-Vanessa at this point. Not looking out.
3: Okay, well, Vanessa doesn't look too good in next week's preview, as we see. So things are going to get worse. How's before, that neck looking, Bobby? Before they get better. Um, the thing is, I think... Ben, because we see Sam Benny actually says tonight that there comes to the point where Mina can't be saved. And it's not in the savior saving that you think that's like, hey, we're gonna get her back. It's more like she's come people to the gone. point but where Marissa. we have to kill her. But
1: true love, you love what people become.
3: Yeah, I know, I know that line. Good point. Good but, point. But it's gotten to the point where Mina's at the point where they can't save her. No matter what you do, you can't save her. And we saw it in last week's episode, Vanessa's line, "I love you." I love you enough to kill you. So I think Vanessa is going to be the one who kills Mina.
2: And, and what's interesting about that is um, we hear to, like the phrase, I love you to death. Like, that's everything that keeps popping out at me. Um it's more and, literal yeah, in this sense. I love you to death. Yeah.
0: All right. My prediction is going to pee in all your Cheerios here. Ew. I think that, that Mina. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think that Mina is the demon de <tose> él. Exactly. I think, remember how some Benny says, what if your daughter cannot be saved? She can't be saved because not only has she already gone over to that dark side and is unredeemable, she is the catalyst and she, seeking revenge, is trying to get Vanessa.
2: But do you mean the, she, demon, the demon is inhabiting her? And, yeah. She
0: is the demon and she is manifesting nice Mina out to Vanessa and out to Sir Malcolm to keep enticing them to come looking for her because if she can get them to a certain point, whatever it is, she's going to get them and the
2: bring them how is she going to birth the whole new dark world? And what does she want with them? I don't know, you guys. They're that's my prediction. Well, but, but also... <laughs> girl,
1: girl. Thing. No baby.
2: Well, no,
0: but they, they can get guys, too. They can get no some baby. kind of... There's men, too. They can get Ethan or somebody else.
1: There, there's
3: more stuff on that plague ship, too, because we did hear that, that line of that e- Egyptian disease that was going on. So there are Egyptian artifacts within that ship. I think they need to go explore a little bit more on that
0: Season two, going ship. to Egypt.
3: Na, 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 na. She's Egyptian card. Also, with the the, the portrait of yeah, Dorian Gray, now that we know that there's a second season, I don't think they're going to show us the portrait this season. I think they're going to keep that storyline going and wait for season That's two. That's because they haven't made it yet. <laughs> exactly. Yet.
0: All right, guys. We <laughs> haven't
3: made it, we're not going to see it until next season. I'm just kidding.
0: That's it this week on the Penny Dreadful After Show here on After Buzz. I'm on Twitter at Bobby DeMuro. Marissa is on Twitter at TV, Roxy That's is right. at Roxy Stryer. And Sarah does not have... Have a
2: Twitter. Hashtag. Sarah a Twitter. That's awful. She is on Facebook, though.
0: She is on Facebook. You guys can stalk her. We'll <laughs> see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Good night. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network